Welcome to another episode of the In Due Time Podcast And I'm your host, Mr. Anthony J. Ray Today, November 3rd, Tuesday, Election Day Go out and cast your vote I hope you've done it You deserve to be heard Critical year Election Pandemic Racial inequality It's a lot on this ticket It's a lot riding on this ticket I am not really the one to ever voice my political opinions on things. And today I am going to lightweight and I am going to say lightweight, step in and talk about some things, some views, some political views, some things, some truths, some hard truths. We're going to talk about some shit today. We have had quite a few entertainers that have put themselves in in a more prominent political light, a light in which they have not done so in the past. Um, I guess notably would be Ice Cube. You got 50 Cent. Got Lil Wayne. And of course, you got incumbent candidate Kanye West. I mean, a lot of these cats showing um, support for Donald Trump. And, and I guess you could kind of guess why. You know, a lot of it is predicated on their financial wealth and trying to sustain that I can dig I truly can dig you know they're looking after their best interests they putting it all out there you know I was looking at an interview last night where uh, Claudia Jordan model uh, reality show star she spoke on when she first met Trump, you know, and how they had a lasting friendship, you know, you know, I guess as if, you know, things did cool with them now, you know, she was on the apprentice and all kind of stuff. Said Trump is not a racist. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I personally don't think you're racist either either I think that he he's playing the card of a racist in order to obtain the vote of the masses of racist people that are are in this country um I think that he has no genuine interest in no one that is not you know on his level or class be that black or white you know, if you be, you beneath him, 
you know, I think that's how he look at things. You know, he's superior to all. But anyway, I really don't care who people vote for. You know, I do think that he has been an embarrassment over the last four years. You know, if he had genuinely done business and had maintained a level of democracy and and honor and prestige of holding the oath and this motherfucker didn't do shit that was like <laughs> by the script. And I guess that's the part that make it funny for me. I found it to be humorous until this year. Like up until this year, I was kind of reaping the benefits of some of the stuff that he he was doing correctly. You know, he he did have some some high points in 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 stimulating the economy. Um he did have some high points in low uh unemployment rates but 2020 hit and all that shit went out the window all that was dead pandemic racial discrimination police reform economy crashing pandemic agony agony we are bleeding. <laughs> Band-Aids ain't gonna help this. We need a suture. We need somebody to sew this shit back up. And, you know, I don't think it was just by chance that it fell on his watch. I think all of it happened because of his watch. So, needless to say, you know, I did not cast my vote for one Donald Trump. Um, now, candidate that I did cast my vote for, Mr. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, I mean, I, I ain't no cheerleader for them either. <laughs> be perfectly honest with you I am no cheerleader for neither one of them either you know I think that it's the lesser of the two evils type thing you know I really pay really close attention to my local officials and the candidates that I was voting for I was extremely mindful of uh, the two senate spots with our that are coming out of Georgia Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. And I, I live in the metro Atlanta area, but outside of Fulton County, I live in Cobb County. So some of my local officials out here, um, I was really watching for. So um, new sheriff. You know, Local officials really what what make the biggest difference. I'm telling y'all, these little small elections, these little primaries, and man, y'all better get out here and follow that. And I, I, I personally try not to miss any of the voting 
opportunities. You know, it'll have to be one of these little runoffs or something that sneak up on you and, you know, you forget about that date. But most of your majors, I'm there. You know, people always say that voting don't count. You know, voting don't really make a difference. And, um, you know, I have to kind of agree with that a little bit. But it does. You know, over time, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't expect one election to drastically change shit. You know, you got to be having a plan. And in that plan, you got to be catapulting somebody else to put them in that prominent spot. You know, once you done got one person in a spot, then you go and address another area that we need somebody in. So we're going to get that person in. But um, I'm just going to put it all out there. I think that the black interest should be um, beginning to finance their movement, meaning we need a group or a group of lobbyists that, you know, harass both parties. Democrats and because I mean like it seems like we we the the vote that's needed in every on, on both sides of the fence you know what I'm saying this 13% they say we make of the, of the uh, population it seems like it's it's either we need that vote or we want them to stay silent and don't vote at all so we can control our own interests. So we could be the disruptor or we could be the help. But either way, I think you need to always cast your vote because it's a right. You know what I'm saying? We fought hard for that. You know, people lost lives for that. And um, I do think it do make a difference over time. But that time stamp type thing has got to be a laid out agenda and a whole itinerary of things that that you got mapped out as a group and i know that's what we coming to to confusion and a stumbling block and everything in this race because it's hard for us to decide on what we're gonna eat for dinner well let's talk about what what we need to do as a people and how, what changes we want made in and representation of us so i mean i ain't just like anti-biden and kamala but i'll be perfectly honest with you they were not my initial choices neither so you know i voted with them in hopes of during these next four Hopefully this pandemic, all this racial inequality, rioting, looting, killing of unarmed black men, um, the push for uh, police reform. Um, I mean, I hope all this stuff start to take change. I think that 2020 was an eye opening year on so many levels, but we do need to get um, our present our present president. Um, out of out of the uh, equation, you know. I think that 
he promote more of a a divide than a a union in this country. I think that we have made progression during the Obama years, but I'll be honest with you, that second term of the Obama years, I wasn't a fan of his either. You know, because I saw that it was laced pockets with money that was getting his attention. You know what I'm saying? He had every group in mind except black people because he had been properly lobbied by the right financiers to his cause. And they they laced him and he listened. So I say all that to say, you know, I think we were just in a situation in this election that we had candidates that nobody really wanted to be there, but we, we still got the divide of the people with the Democratic Republic, Republican Party. And I still think that neither one of them have black people's interests. So we got to start holding them super accountable. You know, I do agree with a lot of the stuff that Ice Cube is saying. Like, man, and Charlemagne the God, you know, I agree with what they saying entirely. Like, yo, we got we can't keep just getting, you know, being thought of as being the automatic democratic vote. You know what I'm saying? And I agree with the stuff that Ice Cube is saying, like, yo, we gotta have these conversations with whoever's in the office, Republican or Democrat. It don't matter. Like both of y'all motherfuckers got to be held accountable, you know. And on some level, we got to play the fence, man. Like we got to. I ain't mad if if you're a, a black Republican. You know what I'm saying? That's your that's your way you vote, the way you view things. You know what I'm saying? I think lightweight. I have some views that I agree with them on, but not all. It's some stuff I don't agree with with Democrats. So, you know what I'm saying? I vote with my best interest at heart, just like how these people with all this bread, they vote with their best interest interest at heart. Same with me. I vote with the, the outlook of hoping that we, we'll one day have a candidate that has, you know, kind of a a baseline fairness for both sides of the fence, you know, and I don't know if we'll ever have that. I think the way that politics is set up is set up to keep a constant divide. Sad but true. Later on in this episode, I am going to sit down and have a Quiet conversation with a really, really dear friend, my field correspondent, Miss Tavorshe Jones. Tavorshe worked the polls this year, and I'm gonna get like kind of her candid opinion on some things that she noticed while she was working the polls today. And we will be coming back to you a little bit later in the Due Time podcast.
This is your host, Mr. Anthony J. Ray. All right, we got Shay Jones. Uh, she worked and observed the polls today, and she's going to give us a little in, input on what she observed. Okay, Ms. Jones, give us a little something. Well, hi. It's always a pleasure to chop it up with you. Likewise, likewise. My uh, official unpaid field correspondent. <laughs> hey, listen. It's look. You can either pay me in money or pay me in exposure or just the pleasantry of chopping it up with you. That's always I'm telling you. You're helping me you helping me grow this thing. You know, half of my followers on my uh any of my social media page is from your home state. So uh shout out to Mississippi. Hey, absolutely. Shout out to Mississippi, the M I cricket letter, that's where I'm from. So I won't get lengthy because you know I can get verbose. But um, today I I uh, volunteer as a poll observer. Um, it's through the Stacey Abram Fair Fight Action um, Committee. So it's like a um, organization, grassroots efforts to kind of fight back. You know, back in 2018, there was a lot of voter suppression that took place in the state of Georgia with that government governor race between Stacey Abram and Brian Kemp. And so as a result, the Fair Fight Action Committee was developed. So basically in in that after that um race, Fair Fight filed a historic civil rights lawsuit in the federal court against the Georgia State of the Georgia Secretary of State Office and the Georgia Board of Election. And they were challenging the gross mismanagement of the 2018 election that was pretty much disenfranchised voters. I remember in the news there were people that were in line for five, six hours. There were some poll sites that were changed. There were poll sites, let's say there were 20 um a voting machine dropped them down to something like five, something asinine. It was crazy. And so um, because of all that corruption, what we did as poll observers, we went to polls. We have to be at least 25 feet away from the actual polling site. But what we were doing was basically collecting data. And what I mean by collecting data like if there was a line, were there any kind of issues? Like for instance, were there police there or were there uh, people there were like trying to get you to vote for certain candidates, like any kind of things or anything that, that could perhaps um, interfere with your right to vote fair in a fair environment and without any type of suppression. And so, Every hour, you know, we went through this training. It was a Zoom training, very informative. And they gave us this Google form that I have to submit a report every hour, just basically documenting what I see. Because what I observe is information. If there's anything that they've gathered, they're going to, you know, put it inside of the, the lawsuit that is, which is an active lawsuit. So um, I was at this school in Clayton County called Callaway Elementary School. 
um, very, very big school. Um, there was actually kids out there practicing for a football game. Um, so I did the late shift. Um, there was no line, constant in and out. I was timing people. Like I would pick people and document how long it took them to be in the building. There, I think the shortest person I saw was five minutes, and I think the longest was maybe 16 minutes, and it was an elderly um, black female. Most of the most of the people that were voting were um, minorities. I didn't see any whites people. I shouldn't say whites. I didn't see any white people that entered the building. I saw a few Hispanics, but for the most part, it was black people. But it was in and out. It was a constant flow, so I was very, very pleased. It wasn't, I thought today was going to be crazy, but I think a lot of people took advantage of early voting, which yeah. I'm also very pleased about, too. Yeah, I think, I think they said there was a, a um, 12% increase in early voting this go-round. I think a lot of people took advantage of and took a day off and didn't want to fight with, you know, election day, long lines and things of that nature. Um, when did you vote? I voted um, I voted, let me look on the calendar, weeks ago. I, I voted the first weekend of early voting. I think early voting was on October 12th. Let me look back at my calendar. Yes. Early voting started on October 12th. I voted October 17th. Yeah. And I made it a family affair. I took my husband, my daughter, I picked up my brother, my parents voted the first day. My parents, I guess because it was October 12th, I think it was Columbus Day. It was a holiday, so there was a lot of people at work. So my parents said that they were in line for three hours. Whereas my husband, myself, and my brother and my child, we were in and out in less than 15 minutes. Now, how did you come in contact with the uh, the the organization, the Fair Fight organization, actually, a, a, an, an associate. I want to say friend. Yeah, I guess I could say friend. She used to be a neighbor of mine in my community. She's affiliated with Delta Sigma Theta sorority, and I saw her post that she was a poll observer. She posts pictures with her pen and, you know, everything. So I reached out to her like, hey, that sounds like something I want to do. What did you do? And she called me. She sent me the link on how to sign up. I signed up on a Saturday. Monday, I had an email from them. And, you know, we would love to have you. I had to sign an NDA. Um, from that, once I signed the NDA, I had someone reach out to me to set me up for training, which was a Zoom training. After the Zoom training, the very next day, they sent me uh, a schedule for me to submit my availability. So I signed up for a lot of the early voting shifts because I, you know, I had the flexibility. I just knew today would be crazy because it's a work day. But the shifts that I submitted, they had already had coverage. And today was one of the days that they didn't have coverage. So that's how I ended up volunteering today okay and would you say that you would do it again or would you recommend this particular organization to work for absolutely okay absolutely i mean i'm I'm a doer as you know i don't want to be someone to just kind of sit around and talk about it I'm, i'm a very action solution oriented person so i like actionable items things that i can do things that i can see things that can be measured 
Like this can be measured. I have data that I still, I mean, although I submitted that form, I have notes in my phone that I'm going to still admit to the field coordinator about the things that I've observed. You know, they were encouraging us to just observe, just, you know, simple things, just what you saw. I documented the kids because for a while there was a a Caucasian family that showed up and they were just sitting there. So I was like, why? You know, I'm thinking they were going to go in. They sat there maybe 40 minutes. So I I put that in my notes, Caucasian family just sitting here because I don't know what their intent were. But little did I know, maybe 30 minutes later, they were there for the football practice. But I documented everything that I saw because I don't know if it may equate to something later on. Okay. Well, it's always good to have people that actually can give you a perspective from uh, the non-voter, the worker, the the staff, the poll people. Um, I am thankful to have your insight. And uh, hopefully this will be something that if some of the listeners wanted to get involved with that, what kind of information would you like to share with them and how they could follow your organization that you're following, that you're working for? Sure. Um, the website that uh, that was submitted to me by my friend, let me put it up because I want to tell you guys the right information. <clears throat> um, let's see. Let me pull it up. She's been prepared. It is the fairfightaction.com. Okay. And would you like for people to have any of your social media uh, information? And how can the listeners reach you? Fruity oh, on geez. travel duty. Well, I'm still very small and building my following. So thanks for the plug. But I am on uh, Facebook just Look me up. It's Fruity. That's Fruit with the Y on travel duty. I appreciate the follow as I build up my my following. So, yes. Well, thank you for your time and your efforts. And we will be ending right about here. Well, you just heard from my field correspondent and uh, you got her take on from an observer of the polls and how in certain poll places that, you know, there was little little to no wait time, you know, because, you know, I guess that would be an indicator that either people voted early or voted absentee ballot or perhaps didn't vote at all. I would hope that it was not the latter. Um, my take on this year's election is that I think it was a ton of intimidation. I think there was a ton of bullying in this election. Um, I guess kind of on both sides, but mainly from the Republicans. You know, it's like if you did not share their views and and felt the same way about Donald Trump, then you were beneath any and everybody and um, my take from all this is is that um, I hope that whoever we elect and put in office over the next four years will understand that we have gone through a very traumatic year and we need some 
instant results. We need some decisive and um, planning. You know, we need some some guidance, you know, some communication. But it's definitely got to be some change, some reform. This has been um, a year like no other. And this election year to go along with all this stuff uh, and to know that we will be days before we get any results. And I'm sure it's going to be after I'm finished recording this episode, I'm sure it'll be some trickery and tomfoolery that's going to come along afterwards. So I'm sure that will probably be a part two to this episode just to kind of update what's happening because I'm recording kind of the day of the election right now. So, but, uh, please share, follow the in due time podcast on anchor, Spotify, Apple, radiant media on all social media platforms. It's your boy, Anthony J. Ray, and I am out.